Hello and welcome back to the UFO and Aliens podcast. I'm your host, Rick Black. I hope everyone is doing well and I appreciate you tuning in to listen. Lately, I've been hearing little tidbits about NASA taking an interest in UFOs, so I thought I would take a look into it and find out if there's anything to this. So, in case you didn't know, NASA is the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. It's the government agency that is responsible for science and technology related to air and space. It opened for business on October 1st, 1958, and was the agency that was responsible for all the rocket launches. That included the Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo missions. The Apollo missions included men walking on the moon. There are some people that believe that they never walked on the moon. But that's another story for another time. So, they have been involved with sending men to space for a really long time. There have been UFO sightings by astronauts in the past. During the Gemini 4 mission, pilot Jim McDivitt saw an object that he described as a white cylindrical shape with a white pole sticking out of one corner of it. During Gemini 7, the astronauts mentioned a bogey. For fighter pilots, a bogey is an enemy plane. So what's a bogey for a spacecraft orbiting Earth? Neil Armstrong was reported to have witnessed multiple UFOs during Apollo 11. During a 2005 spacewalk outside the International Space Station, astronaut Leroy Chow reported seeing lights in a formation he described as in a line and almost like an upside-down checkmark. He later identified the lights as being from fishing boats hundreds of miles below. In August 2013, astronaut Christopher Cassidy reportedly saw a UFO float past the International Space Station near its Progress 52 cargo ship. It was identified by Russian flight controllers as an antenna cover for the Zveta service module. And on October 19, 2020, cosmonaut Ivan Wagner posted a video on Twitter featuring UFOs on a time lapse he recorded of the Aurora Australis. Wagner dubbed the objects Space Guest with Roscomis, which is Russia's version of NASA, tweeting, quote, an interesting and at the same time mysterious video made by the cosmonaut of Roscomos, Ivan Wagner, from the International Space Station. All of the early sightings were explained away as simply space junk or parts of jettison rocket parts. All of them. So why is NASA just now starting to take UFOs seriously? They are the agency responsible for missions to space. Naturally, they should have always been taking UFOs seriously. That is, unidentified flying objects. If they have objects that they can't identify up there, how do we know they aren't a threat? What do they already know about them? Part of their job would be to know everything about everything up there. They know a lot that they aren't telling us. They are a government agency. They aren't going to admit what they know about UFOs. Their job regarding UFOs is deny, deny, deny. 
So, what is this new attitude all about? Let's find out. First, the government doesn't call them UFOs anymore. Now they are called UAPs, which was Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, but now it means Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, so they can include mysterious undersea encounters and strange sightings in the outermost parts of the planet's atmosphere, a region known as near space. Last year, NASA formed a panel to investigate UAPs. They had their first public meeting at the end of May 2023. To sum up the whole meeting, they said that there were a lot of reports. A lot of them they were able to explain away. But for the unusual sightings, they needed better data. As for the orbs that we all know about, they don't know what they are, and they are having a hard time of it because of public opinion. Some people are adamant that there are UFOs and that they are connected to aliens. Other people feel the exact opposite. The panel claims that they don't have any evidence to suggest that they are connected with aliens. They also claim that they are being harassed online for their participation in the panel. NASA's science chief, Nicola Fox, said, quote, Harassment only leads to further stigmatization of the UAP field, significantly hindering the scientific progress and discouraging others to study the important subject matter, end quote. She added that such harassment also obstructs the public's right to knowledge. Basically, because of the stigma and harassment, a lot of people don't report UAPs, particularly commercial pilots. One of the goals for NASA is to remove the stigma and get high-quality data. So the bottom line of the whole report is that there is no evidence that these UAPs are an alien spacecraft. But they don't know what they are. So if they don't know what they are, who's to say they didn't come from an alien planet? Back in the 70s, NASA was asked by the government to look into the reports of UFOs that were coming in. NASA didn't really want to, but they looked at the reports. And that's it. They didn't do any real investigating. Now, everything has changed and they really want to find the answers. They are asking the public to send any information or data that they have. Bill Nelson, the NASA administrator, said that their UAP work will follow a yearning for learning similar to the rover on Mars. Something that I found interesting is that Bill Nelson said that they were going to do this with transparency, yet they didn't release the name of the new director of research on UAPs. This is typical of the government. Why are they saying anything at all? It's extremely frustrating to listen to the talking heads. They get you all excited because they're going to promise to tell you something, and it almost always ends up being a nothing burger. NASA did eventually release the name of the new director. His name is Mark McInerney, and he has been NASA's liaison to the Department of Defense, covering limited UAP activities for the agency. In the new director role, he will centralize communications, resources, and data analytical capabilities to establish a robust database for the evaluation of future UAP. He also 
will leverage NASA's expertise in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and space-based observation tools to support and enhance the broader government initiative on UAP. The reason they didn't want to release his name initially is because of the harassment mentioned earlier. Some of the harassment rose to actual threats. This whole thing is getting messy. I don't understand why anyone would harass anyone about this, much less threaten them. What kind of person pays that much attention and then harasses someone? That makes absolutely no sense, if any of that is true, of course. One thing that made a lot of sense is what Daniel Evans said. He is the Assistant Deputy Associate Administrator for Research in NASA's Science Mission Directorate. Does that even fit on a business card? Holy cow. Anyway, he said, One of the main goals of what we're trying to do here today is to move conjecture and conspiracy towards science and sanity. And you do that with data. The panel recommends that NASA use its Earth-observing instruments to collect environmental data coinciding with UAP reports and enlist members of the public to send in a broader swath of observations, perhaps through a smartphone app. They think that it is possible that some of what has been observed could be as yet undiscovered atmospheric phenomena or tests of advanced weapon systems. They need data. Not only do you need data, you need good data or you won't learn things. Dr. David Spurgle, an astrophysicist who was president of the Simons Foundation and served as the chair of the UAP panel, says, quote, There's a wealth of data that a cell phone takes. If you see something you don't understand, collect data. We aggregate the data and we learn from it. End quote. The panel also suggested using sophisticated computer algorithms, including AI and machine learning, to look for subtle patterns in UAP reports that may help identify the underlying phenomena. All this talk about AI makes me wonder, didn't anybody see Terminator? I'm just asking. Anyway, the panel addressed some of the recent evidence that has been in the public eye. They used high school geometry to explain how the object in the video taken by the Navy pilot in 2015, known as Go Fast, was not moving fast at all, but only 40 miles per hour by showing how the vantage point on an object can be an optical illusion. So, is this going to be another Project Blue Book, where they go out and debunk every single report? We'll know as soon as they come up with a ludicrous explanation. Something like weather balloon, or swamp gas, or ball lightning. I'm not a skeptic, but I also don't believe everything I hear. I try to keep an open mind, but you don't always get both sides of the story. If you can explain away a UFO with something that makes sense, that's fine. Let me share something that happened a few days ago. Well, it didn't happen. It was something that I noticed. My wife and I were in the pool, just relaxing, and I was just hanging on the edge. I looked up and I saw a red mylar balloon floating way up in the sky. It could have been heart-shaped, but I'm not sure. Someone had released a balloon, either on purpose or by accident. I don't know. At first, 
it was obvious what it was. I could see the string. I could see how it kind of bobbed back and forth because of the string. But as I watched it float away, I lost sight of the string and the motion. I asked my wife if she could see it, and at first she couldn't find it in the sky. Hi, and welcome to Hiss and Tell, a cat podcast where we delve deep into the fascinating world of feline behavior with your host, me, Christina Wilson, a professional animal behaviorist. Each episode features insightful discussions with leading veterinarians, dedicated researchers and scientists, experts in cat behavior and training, and so much more. Join me as we decode the complexities of pet loss, unravel the mysteries of feline health and behavior, and discover the latest research findings. I'll meet you at Hiss and Tell. By the time I pointed her in the right direction by saying, it's over the middle cloud over there, it was a shiny orb moving soundlessly across the sky. I knew what it was, but to her, it was definitely a UFO. I'm sure stuff like that happens all the time. So if a majority of the reported UFOs get debunked, okay. But there's a large percentage of cases that have no explanation. If NASA becomes like another Project Blue Book and tries to debunk everything, we will all be disappointed. Another recent story that's been in the news, running along with the latest NASA news, is the alien mummified bodies found in Mexico. If you're like me, and had the sound off on the TV because you're doing something else, you may think that the NASA story and the mummified alien stories are all part of the same story, but they're not. On Tuesday, Jose Jaime Masson Flota testified under oath in front of Mexico's Congress. He claimed that he had two boxes which contained the mummified remains of extraterrestrial visitors, ETs. Some scientists are probably rolling their eyes and saying, here we go again, because this isn't the first time that Masson has done this. In 2015, he led an event called Be Witness, where he unveiled what he claimed was a mummified alien body that he had supposedly discovered in Peru. It turned out to be an ancient human child. In 2017, Masson worked with a pseudoscience website called Gaia.com and claimed again to have found a mummified alien. That too was debunked. So how is this time different? Well, for one thing, he is testifying before the Mexican Congress under oath. And this is what he's saying. Quote, This is the first time it, extraterrestrial life, has presented in such a form, and I think there is a clear demonstration that we are dealing with non-human specimens that are not related to any other species in our world. End quote. And he says, quote, At the moment, the Pentagon has not agreed to release this information and allow congressmen to witness these biological remains. We are going to discover at this moment that those bodies that, according to scientists who are going to declare it here, are non-human beings. They are beings, non-humans, who are not part of our terrestrial evolution and that after disappearing, we do not think there is subsequent evolution. End quote. 
Another person that was present at the unveiling was former Navy Lieutenant Ryan Graves, who testified before the United States Congress in July about UAPs, including some of which he said he had direct encounters with while on active duty. So what's he doing there? Where did the alien mummies come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. Masson claims that they were discovered in a diatom mine in Cusco, Peru. What is a diatom mine, you ask? Diatoms are a type of hard-shelled algae. They find fossilized deposits and mine for them. They crush it into a powder, and they use it in metal polishes, toothpaste, kitty litter, a whole bunch of stuff. Now we know. The alleged extraterrestrial creatures look like freeze-dried ETs from Spielberg's film. Each alien is humanoid, a head, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, as well as a trunk with two arms and two legs. Each alien has a horizontally elongated head, plus three skinny fingers on each hand. Their eyes, noses, and mouths also appear much smaller than a human's. Monsalm said that x-rays detected eggs inside one of them, and that both had implants of very rare metals. One expert claimed that DNA tests found 30% of the purported body's DNA was unknown. According to Masson, the National Autonomous University of Mexico performed carbon-14 dating on the bodies and said they were between 700 and 1800 years old. I asked what Graves was doing there. Well, here's the answer. After he testified before Congress, he was invited to testify before the Mexican Congress. He accepted it, the invitation, in the hope that it would keep the momentum of the government interest in pilot experiences with UFOs up. He was disappointed with what he referred to as a stunt. So the latest on UFO, UAP, and aliens? It seems that they've been in the news a lot lately. You know, with the whistleblower and then all of this. The day after the whistleblower testified, the hallways in the Capitol building were stuffed with reporters and a UFO alien enthusiasts. There is interest in the subject of UFOs, but nobody is telling us anything. Well, let me restate that. Nobody is sharing anything believable. Have you ever watched the show on Bigfoot or maybe Oak Island, Skinwalker Ranch? Even all of those ghost shows. They string you along because you just know they're going to find something. But they never do. And if you want my opinion, they never will. They would probably prefer not to. If they keep you watching, then the show will continue to run and make money. They find something, show's over. So the big story is that NASA is looking into UAPs but they need better data. What do you think they are? They aren't saying. And I can't blame them if they really don't know what they are. But I'm not afraid to speculate. What if there is an intelligent race on one of these planets that can support life? Very advanced aliens. And they discover or create a wormhole that can transport vehicles from their planet to another one one like ours, I don't think they would send people to explore it. 
they would send drones, really advanced, tic-tac-shaped drones, drones that could move in ways that seemed to defy the laws of physics and would kill a human if they were inside. They would send them to explore, check out the planet's technology, like their nuclear weapons. We would do the same thing. The folks doing the experiments on Skinwalker Ranch think that they may have stumbled on a wormhole. If they have, and they figure out how to send things into it, they would not send humans. They would send drones. They would have to figure out a way to make an advanced drone that you could control and communicate with on the other side of the wormhole. They would have to figure out how to navigate the wormhole. We've been hearing a lot about artificial intelligence lately. They would probably incorporate that. It would take years, maybe decades, to get everything ready to send the drone or drones through. Now they're ready, and they send it, and find a planet that not only has life, but intelligent life, with a sophisticated society similar to Earth in, say, the Middle Ages. If they do that, would they share it with us? What if they found intelligence that is thousands of years ahead of us? Would they tell us? What if they already have? What if aliens are coming here and they are communicating with our government? Would our government tell us? A lot of people believe that is what is happening today, and the government is not saying anything. A lot of people believe that there are several different alien species visiting Earth. Some of them are responsible for alien abductions. Maybe the ones sending drones are new to the game and have only sent drones. Are they from completely different areas of our galaxy or even from a different galaxy? Are they aware of each other? If this is true, they most likely are aware of each other. What do they want? Do they all want the same thing? Are they all friendly? Maybe NASA will tell us something, but don't hold your breath. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you read. If you like the show, I would like to encourage you to help support the show. You can help me out with just $3 a month. Just go to the website and click on support. I would really appreciate the help and would be happy to give you a shout out. Do you have a UFO story that you'd like to share? Is there a UFO story that you'd like for me to look into? Just send me an email at UFO and Aliens Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Rick Black, and I'll talk to you next time.